Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning, Liberty. But what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Charles Chuck. Still tall, to stuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going today, man? It's going pretty well, man. It's been a pretty good Thursday so far. I'm not gonna lie. It is. You know, I'm I'm actually pretty excited today. I want I wanted to to publicly welcome on the podcast uh, Rasmus and probably mispronouncing his name, but we our podcast has been worldwide for a while. I mean, we notice we get downloads from everywhere, but the first Patreon member that's joined the live group and joined a show. And uh, it's his favorite nighttime show over there because it's nine o'clock over in his part of the world. But to, that's really exciting. Yeah, that is cool to, to have to have people from all over the world joining in on the chat. And uh, you know, by the time we release over there, it, it actually probably is morning most it, of the time. It might be. So we might be Finland's favorite morning show. Also, that's possible. All over the everywhere but the U.S. Yeah, do we make it? releasing during the during the morning time so it is, it's still morning in california right that's now. true uh, so. yeah we are going early again today mm-hmm. and charlie's sorry about that it's very much his fault and he knows that that's he's right sorry for all the live people everybody downloading the podcast you just download in the morning which means you should hit that subscribe button or follow now on apple Podcasts or spotify anywhere that you are listening to this episode right now hit follow and then that way, uh, when we decide to do an episode, which is pretty much every day of the week, then it goes right to your favorite listening device. That's, that's where Probably it goes. an iPhone, more than likely. <laughs> Probably. Just statistically, well, actually, statistically, it's I don't think 50, they have over now. half the market yet, but they're probably close. So I think it's 50-50. It is impressive. I mean, you have like 80 different kinds of phones with the Android operating system or whatever the system is or and Google. then with your with your Apple device I mean they've got a few you know once jobs passed on they're like okay screw it let's release eight different phones you know but I don't know uh, it's obviously better and we can fight about that if you want to but mm-hmm. Apple's way better all right so the first thing we're talking about today now this happened yesterday but we need to have a nice conversation just a little bit about communism well we have to continue the conversation from yesterday we got, yeah we got cut a little short and we did that's unfortunate it's nate's fault usually that that happens but this time it was mine i'll take the blame for that one and uh if you have if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode first of all go take the 502 episode challenge and then after you get done with that Remember that yesterday we were talking about COVID and kids and mm-hmm. how kids deaths and COVID deaths and all that. There's been 600,000 COVID deaths. And so um, this, this article we wanted to get to, which is very interesting. Well, I, I have a video before that. Interesting. That first yeah. Um, but first, Mr. <laughs> Producer. All right. So I'm going to play this. This is Jin Saki talking yesterday. Now, 
They're, they are acknowledging that things are going on in Cuba, that people are protesting, and the dude from Fox News, Ducey, I think is actually his last name, was trying to get Jen Psaki to say that they were protesting because of communism. But she, she can't say that because they'll turn off all of the Democrats. So they can't say that they were protesting communism because then when she talks about how bad things are, it would be like saying that communism was bad. And they can't do that because they need to maintain their base of support and not talk bad about the direction that they want to move overall. Well, surely this got the same kind of backlash that the Proud Boys Trump comment got, right? <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it did. Yeah. For sure. Because, well, I mean, the Proud Boys are way more deadly than communism, Charlie. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. For sure. But she instead doesn't want to blame communism. But just listen to the words she dis- the words she uses to describe why they are protesting and then administration tries to figure out the root causes of migration to the country Uh, don't we know that the reason people want to leave cuba is because they don't like communism and so as you're trying to figure out like what the processes are uh for these people who want to leave cuba just well well i'm not sure what your question is you guys why are people leaving cuba or what is the process for them getting here i can explain either of them but you tell me do you think that people are leaving cuba because they don't like communism i think we've been pretty clear that we think people are leaving cuba or not leaving cuba or protesting in the streets all as well because uh, they are opposed to the oppression to the mismanagement of the government in the country and we certainly support their right to protest we support uh, their efforts to speak out against their treatment in cuba i will say separately an important question is also what happens when people are seeking uh, protection or what happens when they are uh, attempting to flee So she won't say communism, but she will say that they are protesting because of oppression and mismanagement from their government. Mm -hmm. She won't say communism. Folks, we are here to tell you that what she just said was communism. Yeah. That's what she just said. Communism equals mismanagement because it's impossible to manage a a freaking country. Okay. Yeah. It's hard enough to manage a family. Yeah. It is. You get pushback all the time, you know? As I try to dictate my family, it's it's impossible. Okay? You're just a little home dictator, aren't you? I am. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Although I agree with Joe here, there are very fine people on both sides of communism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we talked about with our Patreon group over the weekend, when everyone came in to hang out, we were talking a little bit about communism and socialism. And what will normally happen is you'll get people blaming the fact that Stalin and Mao were that they were bad people, that they were terrible people, Mm -hmm. and that that's what the case was. And what we talked about this weekend was that bad things would have happened regardless. Now, there might not have been so much of the straight-up murder that occurred, but there still would have been the starvation from the mismanagement, and there still would have been oppression uh, because of the form of government that they had. And this is what always happens, especially with the mismanagement part. Well, government in and of itself is mismanagement. Yeah. I I think somebody put that in here. Joe R. said government equals mismanagement. It's because that's any government. That's that's even free in quotes, even even representative governments that what were they called back in the day? Oh, necessary evil. Mm. It's a necessary evil, which we aren't so sure that 
that TJ was right. At least I know some people. Yeah, the experiment's not working this, out all that great. I mean, I mean, things have gotten better for for ordinary people, of course. It's but, taken a lot longer for tyranny to to take over, but it's not as good as it used it, to be. It's still coming for sure. Now, uh, instead of what I what I think we need to do is instead of talking about communism, we just need to call it mismanagementism. I think that that's actually the best thing, and we want to make sure we fight off. The, the mismanagementists, and we don't want to have a form of mismanagementism in this, in this country. It's like you Let's always say. Let's not call it communism. It's like you always say, if we just had the right people in yeah. charge. Yeah, we just need the right people here. Milton That's Friedman said, if, if we just had the angels to organize mm-hmm. society for us, the benevolent, loving angels who could figure everything out, you wouldn't have to worry about, uh, it would be the most efficient thing running possible. Just think in just think in, in Russia now. What would normally happen is I would say Russia, and then somebody, well, that wasn't communism. That's that's what someone would would actually yeah. say. Uh, in in Russia, Thomas Sowell pointed out in basic economics that they were trying to manage twenty four million different products. The government was so through this government bureaucracy because they didn't have a market that would dictate prices or that would dictate production. The government had to dictate the production and the prices of everything. And they were trying to manage, yet they mismanaged, the production and consumption of about 24 million different products. So you would end up with huge surpluses of things that people didn't want, which would have been shown through the price of that item going down unless people producing it because people weren't buying it. And things that they didn't have, which would have been controlled by prices going up and more people coming in to produce those things. There was a story in that book like about food. Yeah, like food, <laughs> you know, you know. You don't want to mismanage your food supply, but that but that has happened. There there was a story in that book about the I can't remember what the factory was for. It was for something pretty important, but they couldn't they couldn't finish the factory because it said we'll just use colors a random color. Um, it said that it had to be red, that the brick had to be red, and for the and then it would be finished and then they could use it. Well, they ran out of paint, and everyone was too scared to ask the leadership what to do because they were out of paint and they were worried that if they mentioned that they were out of paint that they would just get killed by the by the government that they were asking for the paint so they didn't mention it and so they never finished the factory because they couldn't use it because it wasn't red and the document said that it had to be and then they weren't able to use it that's mismanagementism okay that's all it is and that's what you don't want to have their mismanagement form of government that they have is not what we want so i just what? wanted to mention that to start it just off seems strange that all of these places wow. that history books used to call communist tractors is what uh fell into mis- okay. mismanagementism yeah that somehow all these really bad mismanagers <laughs> came in to power you know well you just don't want to elect mismanagers then i know you want to elect good managers mm-hmm. not mismanagers those That's are the right. kind of politicians you don't want. Yeah, like Trump, bad mismanager. <laughs> Biden, perfect. <laughs> you know? That's what we need. Okay. We gotta have the right people in charge. Mm-hmm. And, and you can bet your grandchildren's life on it that we will be able to elect the perfect managers to manage the economy. That's mm-hmm. what you're doing, by the way. You're betting your children and yours and your grandchildren's life on the idea that the perfect managers will always be in charge of the economy. Exactly. See, before Hank Johnson, you didn't know that islands could tip over. Yeah. And now, since he's been elected so many times, you know that now. 
If it weren't for him and his, and his, you know, benevolent management mm-hmm. and his wise counsel, then we would have never known that. All those people would have died. Yeah. It's <laughs> just capsized. Put 8,000 more people on Guam. It would have yeah. gone over. All right. So what I was talking about at the beginning, this kind of goes back to yesterday, this next article from Axios. Um, we, from the very beginning of the pandemic, you can go back a year and a couple months from March, April, May of 2020. And Nate and I were talking about, uh, not only can you die from a virus, but there's all kinds of other things that people can die from, um, including drug and alcohols, mm-hmm. halls. Yeah. Alcohols. Drugs and alcohols. There's multiple alcohols. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter which one you consume or put somewhere or whatever. Uh, you can die from those too. And what happens, what, ha- what typically happens when someone gets depressed, Nate, when you lock them in their home. They can't socialize and see other people. We're social beings. They by lose the way. their job. They lose their job. The company shuts down. They lose their purpose. They have no meaning in life, which is what we talk about on this show every single day. It, it you get depressed and then you hit the you hit the bottle. You hit the to, pipe. Mm-hmm, the pipe in the bottle. Yeah. You know, not pipe and drape, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So from Axio, CDC says drug overdoses deaths hit a record. 93,300 in 2020. Now, COVID had whatever, 500,000 deaths in 2020. And uh, we had 20%, um, 20% number, so to speak, 93,300 in 2020. But how long is that going to continue? Yeah, that's the folks? thing. They're not all going to die, right? They, they can remain, people will remain drug addicted for a while. So this mm-hmm. is going to have long term repercussions. And of course, it's not just the drug overdose deaths, it's the alcoholism, it's the deteriorating relationships, it is deteriorating health conditions from people not getting their checkups they were supposed to get last year, their screenings they were supposed to get last year. There are a lot of things that can happen when you do this, that COVID is not the only killer of people. All right. So, deaths from drug overdoses in the U.S. soared by nearly 30%. In 2020. <laughs> what? Stone Cold said they didn't overdose, they just mismanaged their drugs. Exactly. Yeah. They mismanaged the... Change the, the name ha, of Stone Cold, ha. huh? The ha they were trying to get. Deaths from drug overdoses in the U.S. soared by nearly 30% in 2020, reaching a record high of 93,331, according to provisional data released Wednesday by the CDC. The shocking figures, which, not that shocking to some people. <laughs> not shocking which represent the sharpest annual increase in at least three decades. The sharpest annual increase in at least three decades. I wonder why. I don't know. Wonder why. All because they didn't get their vaccines. Reflect the proliferation of the synthetic opioid fentanyl in the illegal narcotic supply and the pandemic's toll on the opioid, opioid crisis. So you're saying, what, you, what you're telling me is that there are other ways people can die. Mm-hmm. Awful, horrific deaths. I would also attribute this to the really stupid fact that uh, weed is still illegal in a lot of places. And I Mm -hmm. think people who want to kill that some kind of pain, whether it's mental pain or physical pain, could instead do a drug that was not going to lead them to be chemically addicted to Mm -hmm. something and that they could eventually overdose on and destroy their lives. I think that legalizing weed would fix a lot of this problem as well. Fix a lot of violence, Yeah, you know? It, fix, it fixes you caring about a lot of things. Just listen to Cat Williams. When he tells you that 
some of you out there need to smoke weed. <laughs> He's like, you've been worried about paying your light bill. Just take one hit of weed and be like, man, <laughs> them lights. I've been wanting to burn these candles anyway. There was an estimated 72,151 deaths from drug overdoses in 2019, according to the data. Overdose, overdose deaths involving opioids reached 69,000 in 2020, up from 50,963 in 2019, according to the Washington Post. That's an increase of almost 50%, folks. About 40% increase. Ugh. Deaths from meth and cocaine also rose. More than 900,000 people have died of overdoses since the U.S. drug epidemic began in about 1999, according to the Post. That is a stunning number, even for those of us who have tracked the issue, Brendan Salinger, John Hopkins said. Our public health tools have not kept pace with the urgency of the crisis. What we need is an overdose vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just get your overdose shot. We should probably shut down the world until we figure out this crisis. Because that'll fix that problem. Yeah. Because that'll, that'll fix it. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's People what's going on. People will do less drugs. Yeah. So this is what... Obviously, we're against death on this podcast. I, I have to mention it every single time in case people are confused. I don't like to see anyone die. Uh, I don't want to see my friends die, my family. I don't want to see people I don't know die. I'm against death. <laughs> death, I'm, I'm, I'm for life and against death, okay? And what, what Nate and I were getting at a, you know, a year ago was that the fact that should you take the virus seriously? Yes. But should we also have other people in the room besides the health experts making decisions about our freaking economy and everything that we're going to do to destroy people's lives? Also, yes. Well, the problem is that the, the health experts, the people, the, the, what they're trying to do is to stop people from dying from COVID. And that always bothers us. We talk about that a lot. They should be doing that, but they don't consider other things that could happen to people, other ways that people could die, or other repercussions like in the economy that could lead to other people dying later on. Their job becomes to destroy deaths from COVID because their job is to get deaths and most likely cases from COVID to go down. If they don't do that, then they haven't completed their job. If they can get COVID to go down, then they've actually fulfilled their job duties, regardless of what they do to the rest of the economy. Or the rest of the people. And so there's a real, there's a mismanagement of incentives, I would say, when it, when it comes to the public health that's officials. Like, that's like killing all the people who are starving and be like, look, we have no starvation. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's what Mal did. Starvation's <laughs> over. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, so speaking of COVID, we'll stick on this here for a minute. I got an email from the New York Times this morning. From the New York Times, letting me know that the Delta variant is more contagious but it is not more severe. It is not more deadly. Good thing we're flying United. Yeah, good thing. It's so, a freedom fest. That not, way we and can, not Delta? Exactly. All right. Because now, now I'm scared. I just realized I need to get a mask, probably. I don't, we probably need that for the plane, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to wear a not-so-freedom mask I don't on the plane. I don't know if I have any. Now, so, they'll sit you right next to people. I mean, you'll, you'll be elbows-to-elbows, cheek-to-cheek, um, but, uh, but you got to wear a mask. Yeah. Confusion over Delta. There are two basic questions to ask about any variant. Is it more contagious and is it more severe? When a variant is more contagious, it leads to a rise in the number of infections, 
especially among the unvaccinated. When a variant is more severe, it causes worse symptoms for the average person. If the variant is more contagious, it often appears to be more severe as well because the increase in caseloads leads to an increase in the raw number of hospitalizations and deaths. In response, here's the important part, journalists and some experts talk about the variant being worse and more dangerous. Who do they mean by some experts? <laughs> Anthony Fauci was out there saying that the Delta variant was more contagious and more deadly. If you could hear him through his seven masks. Yeah, if, yeah. It, if it was possible. I like we how had they to clean up the audio. I like how they say journalists and some experts. Not the, not the U.S.'s yeah. top million-dollar-a-year expert. Like the expert. The expert on COVID and on viruses. The, what the New York Times has claimed as the expert. Mm -hmm. The difference between the two concepts is important. If a new variant is not actually more severe, it doesn't present a greater threat to a typical person who contracts COVID. Vaccinated people would remain protective. For children too young to be vaccinated, serious COVID symptoms would still be... This, con this connects to yesterday. For children too young to be vaccinated, serious symptoms would still be exceedingly rare. Rarer than many other everyday risks, like riding in a car. And still concentrated among children with other health problems. I love that the New York Times, now remember this came from an email, they did not print this in the New York Times, but they're sending out an email saying that this is rarer than many other everyday risks, like riding in a car for children. It's rare. Dangerous. It's rare like the protest in Cuba. Yes, very rare. Mm. After the Alpha variant began spreading late last year, many people assumed that it was both more contagious and more severe. The data soon told a different story, though. Alpha seems to be only more contagious. Now the story may be repeating itself with Delta. It is significantly more contagious than the Alpha, but by almost every measure, it does not appear to be more severe based on the data available so far. Uh, Janet Baseman, who's from University of Washington, epidemiologist said, I have not seen compelling evidence that the Delta variant is more severe. Dr. Paul Sachs of Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston says the sense of greater, this, this sense of greater <laughs> disease severity is more anecdotal than driven by actual data. And Dr. Epic Topol said, I don't think it makes kids sicker. So this, you know, we, we said, it, and I know that we had a little disagreement on this, but I did do a lot of reading on this uh, earlier today to prepare for this podcast because I did mention when we talked about this a few weeks ago when Fauci was out there saying that it was more deadly than the previous, that a lot of viruses typically will increase in their contagiousness and decrease in their severity. And I, I read up a lot about that on the evolution of viruses, read up about the flu and HIV and COVID and all of that today. And that is typical. If you think about evolution, if you think about what viruses are most likely to make it and survive and then start spreading again, it would be the one that is the most contagious and the one that kept its host alive long enough to continue reproducing and to continue spreading. If you looked at the flip side of that, one that was contagious, but it actually killed its host, like within a day, it wouldn't be able to spread as fast. Or if it killed its host within like six hours, it wouldn't be able to spread as fast. But it would be very deadly, but it wouldn't be able to spread. So the opposite side of that is the one that actually is contagious, but is not as deadly as the one that is most likely to continue replicating and spreading through the amount of people. That is why viruses will from everything I read on the first page of Google search results today, will typically lose their severity over time. There is, a, there is an 
instance something that happens with the flu where it seems like it got more deadly, but it's actually two forms of flu A that combine together and form something that the vaccine does not protect against. And that is how it seems like it got more deadly. So, well, because they anyhow. have a they have a virus podcast. Yeah, they're all talking to each other, listening to the Daily Show, making sure that, hey guys, you know we were a little too deadly on that transition. Yeah. So let's let's make sure we hold off a little bit because we we gotta survive Just out got there. Got some negative reviews. And, yeah. uh... <laughs> but isn't it? You know what I feel like happened? I, I really feel like happened. The government went to Fauci and other people and were like, hey, we might need to institute some more lockdowns. We need some more control. Why don't you just throw out there that it's possible the Delta could be more severe in case we need to lock everybody down and use our power and kind of get some feedback on what people are saying. And then now that now the government's like, okay, well, we don't really need to do that. So we can back off on all the stuff we're putting out about all these variants and how they're not going to be as bad because man, we're really hurting for those tourist dollars. The second part of that is they noticed that people didn't freak out when they went out there telling everyone that it was going to be more deadly, that people still just went about their daily lives basically. And they're like, okay, well that one didn't work. We'll have to find a new variant. Yeah. that's going to be way more deadly. It'll be the Omega. <laughs> the Omega will. will be the worst It'll one be the end. for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think we're continuing on here yep. uh, from Washington times. Gerardo. Geraldo. Geraldo. It's Mr. Geraldo. Geraldo Riviera. Rivera. Geraldo. Geraldo. There's an L in there. Gerardo Rivera calls for crackdown on the unvaccinated. Those pesky, pesky tyrants running around unvaccinated. One of Fox News Channel's top personalities called for mandatory vaccination against COVID-19 upon threat of forced home isolation. Uh, Rivera made the demand Tuesday reacting to a story in the New York Post that nearly one-third of New York's nursing home workers hadn't been vaccinated. Mr. Rivera agreed on Twitter that this situation was absolutely insane and issued the crackdown demand. No vaccine, no work, no school, no in-person shopping. You have a right to not be vaccinated. I have a right to protect my kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't take your kids out. Or side. realize that your kids are not at risk of being severely affected from this. Yeah, exactly. How about that also? Tuesday's call to bar employment, shopping, and schooling to the unvaccinated is not Mr. Rivera's first demand for draconian state measures against those who do not take the COVID-19 shots. In February, according to tweets collected by Twitchy, what's that? I don't know. He called for vaccine passports for the inoculated, and in March, he said private industry would force them on America even if the state didn't. Quote, vaccine passports are a good idea. They'd benefit both holders of the passport and people with whom they come in contact. And it really doesn't matter if you don't like the idea because businesses, colleges, airlines, cruise liners, etc. are going to require them. He wrote. So, hmm. I, I'm surprised he still has a show on Fox News, to tell you the truth. I'm sure people are out there. I mean, well, what? they're fair and balanced. Well, yeah, this I mean, part of their... I'm not saying they're not fair and balanced. I just think that uh, the people would be re revolting against this. The people who watch Fox News. A lot of this is really ridiculous. First off, saying that you can't no in-person shopping if you're not vaccinated. No work. Mm -hmm. No, no vaccine. No work. No school. No in-person shopping because he has the right to protect his kids who statistically have much more of a risk of dying in the car on the way to school than they do actually dying if they get COVID. And that's how ridiculous it is that the data on this actually doesn't... 
the problem is that there is a new fear. See, parents adjust to all these fears, I'm sure. Charlie, you have accepted all of these different fears from having a child. There's things that can happen to your child. And people do this as well. When something new comes along, then they, then they freak out. They can't deal with this is something I haven't adjusted for in my brain. So I've got to stop this one from existing. Not all the other ones that exist that people deal with every single day of the week when they want to. But I've got to stop this one from existing. So I'm actually going to bar people from working or from being able to go in public at all if they refuse to get the vaccine. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're dirty. All based on no data whatsoever supporting that claim. And actually, we've got a pretty freaking large sample set. And we've got no data backing up that claim that that is something you should be worrying about with your kids. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's, there's, probably, there's probably 40, 50 things in, that are every day that are more dangerous for your kids mm-hmm. than COVID. I just get frustrated when we focus on this one thing and we say we should change the lives of every single person in the country because I've decided to focus on this one thing that is statistically negligent when it comes to my child's life. Drives I mean, me nuts. Honestly, I think his kids have a, a higher chance of being eaten by a mountain goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a biting mountain goat. An, an alligator at Disney World. You know, mm-hmm. something like that. That's right. All right. Okay, so uh, the next one here. Let's see. You, you did that one. Okay. So the next one here is from the New York Post. We're going to switch gears just a little bit to a little bit of economics, a little bit of mismanagementism coming out of New York. De Blasio moves forward, moves forward with a plan to curb hotel development. Now, what's interesting to this is I don't care, you know, I, I don't care that much about the hotels in New York. That's not what's really important about this story. What's important is the fact that the government does this all the time to a lot of businesses all the time. New York has a very long history of doing this to businesses. And a lot of big cities have this history, and the government overall does it, which is telling people that they can't do something unless they get a permit, and then they are allowed to have a business somewhere. So, Mayor Bill de Blasio, a, a crazy mismanagementist, if I've ever seen him, planning department is moving forward with a dangerous proposal pushed by a union backer that would stifle hotel development. The measure, which would require developers to obtain special permission throughout the city to build new hotels, has for years been a main objective of the Hotel Trades Council, a longtime political ally of, of de Blasio. That is a, uh, the, the union there. The restriction, which would be codified in the form of a text amendment to the zoning code, requires builders to go through a lengthy and expensive public approval process called the Uniform Land Use Review Procedure. Which requires a green light from the city council, and you know those that the, 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 they're really quick at those. I'm sure it'll be so fast. Mm, and, turn, the turnaround time, and they'll be they'll and and they will. You see, they will approve these applications based on the virtues of the hotels that are applying, not their political clout. Mm-hmm. That is that is what they will do. That's what they're most known for. Applying the special permitting restriction for new hotels in the five boroughs would keep tourists and business travelers from returning, hamstringing the Big Apple's hospitality rebound, critics of the potential moves say. I believe that special permits for hotels is a smart policy. These are people that agree with it. It gives New Yorkers a say where they currently don't have any at all. People who don't own that land or have any stake in it whatsoever 
need a say where they don't have any at all, which is in someone else's land that they want to sell to someone else and whether or not they would be allowed to do that. Mm. That is that is what they are missing right now. This councilman says, my district needs many things, but I never had someone suggest that they really need what they really need are more hotels. That is because they live there already. So they're not really going to suggest to you that they want new hotels. They will, however, suggest that they want to have jobs. And uh, New York, pretty important as far as tourism goes, I think. No, they won't say they need jobs, Nate. No, they won't say that. They need money. They need money. Yeah. Yeah. Or they need the things that money gets you. Exactly. That's really all they want. We want New Yorkers to have more of a say over what happens in their communities and not less. This is... What about the people who own the property? This is your... You see, when you buy something in a community, you own the community. Magically. Mm. You own just a little piece of it, and you and your, your band of thugs can get together and decide who can or cannot buy this place over here. It's like a big HOA, basically, mm-hmm. but that's, that's what the government is. de Blasio has defended himself against accusations he's advanced the development curtailment out of fealty to an allied union in the Hotel Trades Council. By the way, the Hotel Trades Council, who was pushing this and will be helping decide who gets to build a hotel... Uh, gave him 70% of his donations when he ran for president in 2020. Mm. And so this has nothing to do with that. This Mm. is about protecting the community. So they... The community can have a say? They can have a say in what they have, okay? That is is what this is. It's it's a crazy thing. Here's... You know who this benefits? Well, it benefits the Blasio Blasio. because he gets a lot of money. And it also benefits the current hotels that are there. And the Hotel Trades Council. Yes. And and they are representing the interests of the current hotels that are in New York. Mm -hmm. Because that is where all their members come from. They have an interest in making sure that other hotels cannot come in there and compete with them. They have an interest in keeping the supply down low. So the demand, when it rises, they can charge higher prices for the rooms that they do actually have. And it's essentially a certificate of need. Yeah. It's mismanagementism. That's, that's, is what it is. I see what you did here. Yeah. The, this entire episode was all, was all about mismanagement. Wrapping back together right exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, unfortunately, that's the disease of the century. It, it is. Mismanagementism. Because mm-hmm. it, it really wasn't COVID. It was Trump. And his mismanagement of the of the pandemic. Well, yeah, as if it weren't for us having Trump as the president, we wouldn't have had any deaths from COVID. No. According to the numbers, Trump is responsible for over 600,000 people dying, which means that none of them would have died. If we would have had Hillary Clinton as our president, they wouldn't have died from COVID. They would have suicided themselves mm-hmm. instead, and that would not have counted against COVID's numbers. It wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, Trump is just, he, he's a habitual mismanager. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what he's most known for. All right, last one here from Reuters, just, or Reuters. See, we're talking about Trump, and that is the main point of the next article. You're welcome. See how that, it just flows. In Athens, <laughs> thousands rally against COVID-19 vaccinations. More than 5,000 anti-vaccine protesters, some whom waving Greek flags and wooden crosses, rallied in athens on wednesday it's a rare probably a rare rally actually they mentioned that it was common oh okay in this article to oppose greece's (laughs) coronavirus vaccinations program wednesday's protest was the biggest show of opposition to the inoculation drive a recent poll by ska 
TV found most Greeks said they would not they would get the vaccine, and the majority were in favor of the mandatory vaccination for some segments of the population. Yeah, yeah, we're we're in favor for the mandatory ones for some se- for for those people. Yeah, make them get vaccinated. Not me. Not me. About 41% of Greeks are fully vaccinated. On Monday, the government ordered the mandatory vaccination of healthcare workers and nursing home staff, following when a steep rise in new COVID-19 infections in the middle of the vital tourism season. Quote, every person has the right to choose. We're choosing that the government does not choose for us, said Volvilas, a cardiologist who has questioned the scientific research around face masks and the vaccine that heads the free again movement, which called the protest. Volvilas. I like how there's a cardiologist leading that organized the protest. Vovilis said he started the group in response to the government's tough measures to contain the virus. Protests are fairly common in Greece. This isn't rare. This, yeah, and there common. have been several in recent months on issues ranging from a new labor law to the most recent Israeli military campaign on Gaza. <laughs> we got ska gifts going in here. It's actually Sky TV is uh, what that says. S-K-A-I. Yeah. And yeah, so Sky TV, but yeah, we, just, I, I haven't brushed up on my Greek in a while. I do like the I I do like the uh, the ska. We we like it the ska though. You know what's interesting, Charlie, is uh, we just read the CNN article yesterday saying that the people were against the vaccines because of Trump, mm-hmm. and so I just wonder how he has such a crazy reach all the way all the way to Athens over here. Seems as if the Greek back him. Yeah. You know? And see, now we're talking about the Greek, which brings the whole thing full circle right now, all the way around. Mismanagers. <laughs> Mismanagementism. Yeah. So. I mean, the Greek had an empire. Yeah. And they mismanaged the shit out of that thing. <laughs> and now look, they're just a tiny country that doesn't have any money. I just thought it was important to note that it's not just, if you think it's crazy to be against vaccines, they are against mandatory vaccination, by the way, but this is not just an American phenomenon because we had Trump as the president or anything. People actually all around the world want to have the freedom to choose things. They want to be free to choose whether or not they do something. Isn't that weird? It is really weird. Even though we're in different countries, we're all still human beings, and we still feel like we want to be free to choose what is going to dictate our lives, and especially if you're going to have to put a needle in your arm and, and put something in your body. We should all get behind the banner, my body, my choice. There you go. You know, mm-hmm. regardless. Now, now, I personally don't agree uh, with people having an abortion, but uh, I think I can get behind the hashtag, my body, my choice. When are we ever going to do our abortion episode? We should sometime. We've been talking about it for three years now. Yeah. You want to dive into it right now? No. No, we're, <laughs> we're out of time. Oh, okay. oh look at that. The well, time. Well, <laughs> I, got a phone, I got a phone call, actually. Hello? <laughs> I got a... Yeah. Hello? Hello? Let me see. Okay. Anyway, that's all we had today. It's a Bunch me. of news stories. I thought you were going to go into an Adele song. I, in my head, I was. I just wasn't going to do yeah. it out loud. All right, all you mismanagers, if you like today's show, <laughs> then leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please, 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 a kind one. Uh, the more reviews we get, the better the algorithms are at, you know, shape-shifting the charts and all kinds of stuff. So... You know, get in on that and be a part of doing something free for us that's going to help us out. And it's, it's pretty cool to see the, the nice comments come in. So leave us a rating review. Share the show with a friend, with an enemy. Share it with your friends and your colleagues and the children. I just want the children to hear it, okay? 
we want to thwart this mismanagement campaign by human beings for the last 10 million years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're here to stop it. Okay. Trust us and we'll manage it properly. All right. We want to give you natural immunity against the infection of mismanagementism mm-hmm. that has been spreading for so long. Yes. It's a deadly disease and we, we hate it just like we hate death. All right, if you guys do all those things, go to mastermytrades.com and patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. We'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Instead of need to, needed to, <laughs> my predecessor. Oh, God, I miss it. All right, everyone, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, BetterHelp. On this show, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning and it's really hard to pursue that meaning if there's something getting in the way. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. This is an app. It's a site. You can download it. You can go to the website and they will connect you with the therapist after they ask you a few questions. That way they compare you with the person that works best for you. And if you don't want that person, you can get another one, okay? Connect in their safe and private online environment. Super convenient, way more convenient than actually going to an office somewhere, sitting in the waiting area and talking to someone in person. You can do it. This is great for people that are really busy. This is not just a self-help thing. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than the traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Service is available, by the way, for clients that are worldwide. So all you guys listening all the way around the world, they are there for you. If you are dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, something in your relationship, trouble sleeping, some trauma, are you mad about something, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, anything like that, BetterHelp has got someone for you. Remember, it is confidential, super convenient, professional, affordable. If you don't believe me, you can go and check out the testimonials posted daily on their website. And remember, please remember, this is not a crisis line. All right, I want you guys to start living a happier life today. As a listener of this show, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash GML. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health again. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. And now back to the show.